Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Darius D. Fulton, along with Professor Craig Hawkins tonight. Uh, Eric's receiving your phone call. Gabby's making sure that all the engineering stuff is uh, in place, and you can have an opportunity to join us being part of the team, as I call you, the listening audience, be it by Facebook, tweet, email, our messenger, those are all Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers is the format, or the address, I'm sorry, of the various formats that we have for you to get your questions asked and answered. If you're so inclined, you can call our dear buddy, our teammate, that is the, the best teammate we one that can ever have. It's Eric. He's ready to receive your phone call at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Take opportunity to give Eric a call right now. He'll set you up so we can get your question answered from a biblical perspective pch let's get back um to these questions i see there's a person called in here by the name of brock and brock is from los angeles let's see if we can bring him up craig and dive into this question here that he may have mr brock from la how are you sir all right blessed and uh thank you guys for what you do um it's always an encouragement and uh just want to let you know that you guys are Doing the Lord's work, so keep it up. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you on that. What question do you have tonight? Uh, basically, it's um, out of John, was it, uh, 1250. Um, I read King James. Uh, not saying that that's the only one, just um, what I use. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said to me, I speak. The first part was life everlasting. Because um, so my question is, does it always mean um, kind of like life with God or paradise or or that kind of thing? Because um, I, I don't, I, I haven't run across this as a doctrine. I just kind of thought it could be. Was um, in Daniel, for example, everlasting life, uh, Daniel twelve two. It says, many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So, and then in Matthew twenty five forty six, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So, um, I guess what I was picturing in this concept, and so this is the question, is, is it okay to, uh, or is it proper lacking information, I guess? Um, there, there is the resurrection, but it's a resurrection to judgment. And, and those who, uh, are worthy, you know, those who are um, forgiven, covered with the blood of the lamb, um, those go into life everlasting. Um, but some people, uh, believe in, not, uh, what is it? Just like annihilation basically where it's like, Oh, you, don't have, you know, they, they don't believe they're eternal, basically. But, I mean, I, I thought that that would be interesting. Like, well, Jesus says there's going to be eternal life, but where do you want to spend that? So, um, so yeah, if, I'm, if I'm understanding you correctly, Brock, you, Brock, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's easy. You're basically just asking the idea is that um, is there everlasting life or eternal life only for, like, the positive end of it, and there's no negative end, so... Uh, what happens is that you be annihilated or cease to exist as opposed to live in some kind of eternal punishment. Is that what the bottom line is? Yeah, that's that's basically the uh, the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Or um, it, it, is it ever 
consider the eternal life that that's the eternal state. Okay. PCH, what say you about the eternal state of man's existence? Sure, hi, Buck. I'm, I'm sorry, did you say John 12.10? And I know that yeah. this commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Yes. Yeah, it, it's a standard phrase. It could, you'll see it it's go either way, uh, aeonios, zoe, or zoe, uh, aeonios. Here it's zoe, uh, aeonios. Zoe is, as opposed to bios, normally or often, more often than not, is talking about spiritual life, although it does have a physical implication. So, uh, no, Brock, I think you said it pretty well, uh, so I'll affirm what you said. Basically, uh, eternal life, uh, by the way, it doesn't mean in context just living forever, because I'm going to argue the biblical view is everybody lives forever. So I, I get your question about, well, actually, the technical term is called conditional immortality, uh, or annihilationism is a more popular term. People say, well, if you're not a believer, you just got, you go out of existence. God just puts you out of existence, period. Uh, and that's actually not what the Bible teaches. But, 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 Aeonios Zoe says Zoe Aeonios is the positive. It's a positive way of saying yeah. it. it's it's salvation. So again, two points before I move on. Uh, number one, it's not just saying extreme longevity. Indeed, eternal longevity, um, because everybody has that. But it's talking about a quality of life. This is eternal life in the sense of life that is truly life, the life that God gives that is in fellowship with God and one another, and what we often say what we mean by when we say they went they went to heaven, if you will. So so that's what's going on here. And and there are a number of phrases we could use. We could say the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Those are really I'm gonna argue are synonymous. So that's that's what's referring to. And the the no the non Christian goes to judgment. Well but the believer and the non believer go to judgment. The non-believer goes to the great white throne judgment eventually, which is where their ultimate fate is sealed. That's found in Revelation 20, uh, because it's going to be something like this. You think you weren't that bad. You didn't believe. You didn't even believe a guy existed. You thought it was okay doing what you did. You thought you were divine. You think, you think you're a deity. Well, let's look at your life and see how it measures up to perfection. And and God's going to try out the evidence, and it's not going to go well for them. So their fate is sealed, but now it's just simply done as it's almost in a, a courtroom setting in the sense of here's the finality of it. Cause Peter tells us God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and reserve the unjust in punishment. So the non-believer is under punishment as soon as they die, waiting their trial. But you can say, well, how could you do that? Because it's not like the human system where God, are, the outcome's already known. It's just there will be an official date, a time where they're actually literally judged ultimately and finally, and that's the great white throne judgment. The Christian, on the other hand, go, does go to judgment, but it's the Bama seat of Christ as seen explicitly in Second Corinthians 5.10. You can look at verses 7, 8, 9, 10, but especially verse 10 of Second Corinthians 5. And there, we're not judged for salvation, because we are saved by the work, finished work of Christ, but it's for rewards or not. 
It's for getting rewarded for how you lived as a believer. Did you, did you still pretty live, live pretty selfishly and really not invest much in God's kingdom that is in people and eternal truths? Or were you really on fire for the Lord and loving people and sharing the gospel and wanting to see Christians grow and even yourself and your own family? So, one more time, everybody's going to a judgment. It's a question of which one are you going to? But the Christian's going to the Bama seat, and not to see if they're saved or not, but to see how much rewards or not they're getting. You can also see that in First Corinthians chapter 3. There's some key passages there, I think about 18, 19, and 20, but in that, it's in, definitely in First Corinthians 3, about the same idea. The person is saved as though as by fire, but they suffer loss of rewards. So, so, anyways, that's this eternal life, everlasting life. Those, that's just an idiom, not just, but it's an idiom, figure of speech for heaven, for eternal fellowship with God. And it's not the case that well, only the believer lives for eternity, because you rightly mentioned the passage in Daniel twelve. No, everybody's living forever. The question is in what state they're going to live in, and what condition. Uh, and uh, for some, it's 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 ignominious. We say it's 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 definitely uh, in, t- in a contemptible condition, but it's what they've sown. So I, I hope that helps. Does that help, Brock? Yeah, may I ask um, a couple of clarifying questions? Yeah, please do. But right. before you so, do, let me, let me Brock, before you do, let me give out the phone number again because we're waiting for calls to come in after you, so we're gonna take our time with you, take advantage of you as well. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. I hope you feel like part of the team, Brock. We did that with you all with us. Go ahead, brother. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pleasure. Thanks. Um, yeah. So. Uh, the the Zoe um, life that Christ offers that's available to believers in the here and now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's already after they enter the kingdom of heaven. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just um, clarifying and/or emphasizing that the uh, Zoe eternal life that Jesus offers is available in the temporary earthly existence, but um, living in the spirit, if you will. Yeah. And, and by that, we, by living in the spirit, we mean dominated by the spirit. Yeah. In other words, not dominated by our fleshly appetites. I'm not dominated by, I just got, I want to eat and drink and, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, we have to eat so much and drink water or other liquids to survive, but I mean, in the sense of drunkenness. Or yeah, do not be drunk, yeah. So, yeah, so Christ doesn't say you will pass from death to life. He says, no, you have passed from death to life. Indeed, uh, First John, a passage that Brian and I both love to quote, First John 5.13 says, uh, it talks about eternal life, and it says, I write these things to you who believe that you may know that you have. Now, here the phrase is eternal life, but the same idea, eternal life. So, yes, it, it's not going to begin someday. It's already begun. And indeed, at the resurrection, we will actually receive our rewards. That is, those who are going to be rewarded, whatever that may be. I don't claim to know what those are. I just know that if God's given it, it's worthwhile, um, we'll be rewarded. But yeah, that's that's what we have to look forward to. But indeed, the meter's running. Uh, we One is, literally, biblically speaking, one is either 
has already passed from death to life and is is at the beginning of their eternal life, or one is abiding in death. It's one or the other, and uh, one wants to be in the former, not the latter camp. Yes. Indeed. Brock, is that it, brother? Okay. Um, Do you have any other follow-up? Yeah, the, uh, the other question um, was kind of a disclaimer um, to some that may be uh, more prone to um, resting on the blessed assurance of the Lord Jesus um, and not to uh, not receiving the full dunamis power of the Spirit or the energeo that the energizing that the Lord Jesus offers um, mm-hmm. and going you know seeking first the kingdom and um, being fil- fulfilled uh, through doing you know the the works He's called us to. Um, that warning, like, uh, do you believe that? Uh, believers who have received the Holy Spirit can get to that Bema seat of Christ, and then uh, based on their lack of heart, if you will, or or not prioritizing, um, could they turn into that wicked and lazy servant? Yeah, I'm... I'm not sure that would not be my view, uh, but but I, I I think it. I would just put it this way because we could debate what that parable means and its application, and that is an important issue. But well, let me let Scripture speak for itself. Let me go to the passage in First Corinthians three, and I think it's pretty graphic. I think it kind of puts it the case. Because a wicked and lazy servant is cast out. They knew the master's will, and they didn't do it. I think I think it's actually talking about someone who didn't trust in Christ. Uh, they they live their life for themselves. Uh, that's the bitter fruit of that. But they, they know the truth, and they do not respond to it, and they are therefore accordingly held accountable. Um, let me just um, get to here to First Corinthians three without ripping my Bible even more than I already have. Here we go. So so listen to this. It's actually verse 12. I said 18, 18, 20. That's not correct. Is that 12? Uh, I mean, anyways, if any any person builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones, and here's the idea. You're, you're putting the best of your uh, you have into the work of God. So he's talking about the foundation. That's already been described, about preaching Christ and him crucified and risen again. Mm-hmm. That's earlier, but also right here in verses 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, 11. So if you use these good things, well, great. Uh, but on the other hand, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, and there, this is the day of the Lord, the day of God's judgment for the believer. Again, not for salvation, but from salvation, for rewards or not for what they've done. The day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. Ah, if it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, Mm -hmm. but only as one escaping through the flames. So let me say it this way. I mean, in one sense... A better to, well, better to be a pauper in heaven than a prince in the, the devil's hell. <laughs> I guess we could put it that way. But um, there's an old saying uh, akin to that. But I mean, to be in heaven is still glorious. But but as far as some comparison goes, and again, I don't know what it, it will be. I don't think any of us knows what it is. But I think it will be manifest. 
yeah, some people will clearly have more rewards. Kind of like, I guess I think of like uh, some people who serve in the military, and you see them when they're, when they're dressed up, you know, they're dressed blues or, or whatever the case. You know, they have their medals, and they've yeah. got all these decorations for their service and for what they've done. And somehow you're going to be able to literally, I believe, see someone's rank or status in heaven in the sense of how they live for God or not. And I, I think some Christians are, in that sense, going to be ashamed of how they lived. Uh, it's, it's nothing to brag about, that's for sure. And where others are, are going to be given some type of honor, uh, and again, I don't know exactly what it is, but it does appear to be honor that is visible to others, uh, in recognition of their faithfulness and service to God. So, I mean, it's wake-up time for the Church. So, I mean, look, at there are people who are Christians, and they, they know God, and and they live pretty good lives. I mean, uh, but but they basically live for themselves. I mean, they may tithe somewhat, but they, they really don't have any urgency for seeing people come to Christ. They don't really read their Bible regularly. Don't have much of a prayer life except when they get in a crisis. You know, some crisis happens, and all of a sudden, you know, and they're a prayer warrior. But other than that, and that passes, they're back to their uh, lackadaisical, slothful life. I mean, they 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 really, anytime they get a raise, they just spend it on themselves. And again, certainly, we're not saying people can't enjoy what they have. We're not some legalist, you know, can't have any fun and enjoy life. But I mean, they're obsessed. To, life revolves around them and their three favorite topics. You know, me, myself, and I. I mean, they're going to suffer loss in heaven and for all of eternity. I mean, hey, if you're going to have the nice cars and the boats and yachts or whatever, then you better enjoy them awfully well here because you're paying the price for eternity. And and again, there's people who know the Lord, but they just they're they're nominal. I'm going to use the word they're nominal believers. You know and what? I'm, I'm going to interject. Let me interject right quick here, Brock and Craig, in regards to it. I'm just imagining in the listening audience's uh, mind's eye that someone may be saying, and I'm just going to make it uh, personal on the things that we do. Even folks that do radio, TV, are is out there in the spotlight. Just because they're out there up front, Craig, I believe that this verse does apply. And correct me if I'm wrong. It applies to those that may be doing things that are, for the lack of a term, fruit, but by the grace of God is fruit, but yet their heart is doing it so they can be, uh, um, you know, pumped up or edified. You may not ever know it. You may not ever see it as a human being. You may not even be able to perceive it or discern it. But yet people that I'm just sure, because we, I mean, we have to check our own selves out. Why are we doing what we do? Are we doing it because we want the self-accolade and you're such a great, for the lack of a term, actor that no one could know that you were doing it for those selfish reasons other than God because he's going to determine what you did and how you do it and why you did what you did. Was it to his glory or were you getting stealing the glory of God for the various things and even the fruit that may be shown behind that? You know, so I'm I'm just concerned about those that are even in ministry that has what we would call fruit as fruit as we look the 30, 40, 50, whatever it's 100 fold. But it's not it's kind of fake to them. But yet God still bless the church or bless the people from whatever it is that they did. But you're not getting credit for that because your heart between you and God was not correct. And I just want to just put that admonition out there for anybody that may apply to. Because I think that would be also a suffering of loss, and I have, you know, that's just just my thoughts on that. Brock, thank you very much for your phone call, my brother. Appreciate All you. Right, thank you. 
PCH, uh, sometime the uh, – well, let me get the phone number out in the, in the um, address where you can call in. 888-995-5552 is the number. 888-995-5552 is the number. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers for Facebook. Tweet, email us questions if you would. And I'm looking on Facebook page to see if we have any questions coming through there. And I don't see any questions. So, PCH, I'm going to throw it – I'm kind of, well, I'm not going to really throw it back to you. I'm just going to simply say this in regards to, um, and we sometimes in the show like this, about the things that we would like the Christian church to know. And I'm just going to simply say to everyone that is a believer, and they have people in their lives, and people, um, for lack of a better term, are judging you because you're a Christian and judging you by a standard that I, that is not biblical then you need to know what the Word of God says so you don't get caught up with what other people say, what Daddy says about things. And that's going to come through a some kind of a consistent reading of the Word, a consistent study of the Word. So, Craig, the responsibility for a person to grow in Christ is obviously theirs as a human being and as an adult. But right, right, what about that, that person that's just leaving your household, that teenager that's just leaving your household, Craig, and the responsibility even while they're in your household and you've got a certain degree of you know, control, if I could use that expression for those that are in your household to live here, this is what we're going to do. But once they leave that household, and you've seen it, Craig, and we talked about it before, how the world gobbles them up. And we were talking about that, the word of God that you've gotten, whether it's from your parents and church and all those various things all your life, you also going to fall in one of those four categories of the sower. And uh, again, the, the sermon was uh, today one of those sermons that if you're preaching it, you know, you have to apply it to your own life. It's not necessarily an easy word to preach, Craig, like with the, the parables of the sower in particular, but it's a necessary thing to say. When were you sold out, Craig, in your Christian life that you're not going to really be overly concerned about what people say, but other than what thus saith the Lord. When did it hit you in your Christian life? Well, that's a long story. Give it a short version. It's it's been a long time. Um, But I I, I want to say two things. Again, we're not preparing our young people. And I I don't even just young and since going to college. I mean, we're not preparing them for grade school. Mm. For kindergarten, they're getting sex education and all kinds of topics that they shouldn't be exposed to. And uh, there's even cases where they, some teachers that had identified some uh, student or, or more and thought that they were actually tr- transgender and then tried to influence them, but instead don't tell your parents. I mean, so this is the world we live in. Uh, there's, I mean, I, you know, would you just teach reading, writing, and arithmetic? I'd be happy if they do that, but they don't. I know there's some great teachers, but there's a lot of silliness going on in some schools, some school districts, and some teachers, not all. Some do a phenomenally good job. But, but Daryl, it's interesting today, for, uh, it's a long story even here, for research I was going through, First Peter 5, 1 through 5, and I want to encourage our audience, our listeners, to get a chance to look at that, First Peter 5, 1 through 5. Now, that those particular verses are, in, on the whole, seem to be written for for pastors, for elders, and but 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 my point is, it it does actually apply to all of us, and it really is about knowing the word, but it's about modeling it, living it. It's not just enough to know it and to know about it, but it's that's the wisdom, the Hebraic concept, indeed, even of wisdom, as we see in James is. 
to not necessarily have a lot of theoretical knowledge, yeah. not that that's wrong per se, but that one has practical knowledge, phronesis is a Greek word, and that one lives well in light of it. Again, like knowing something's destructive, so, well, then knock it off. Or something's good, well, are you doing it? Yeah, be uh, so, doers, be so, doers. Mm-hmm. But it's it's modeling, and let's take with our kids in our church. Look, none of us are perfect, but but there's too many hypocrites in the church. And I guess, well, I guess where else would it be better for them to be? But what I'm saying is you, you don't have to be perfect, but when you mess up, own it. You know, in front of your kids or grandkids or other family members, admit your fault when you do it. Don't try to just rationalize it all the time. We don't, often we don't model, we don't live it. You know, we use the, we use the little phrase, you know, don't just talk the talk, but walk the, mm-hmm. you know, walk the talk, live it. And and that's what's so vital, so important. And we need to be living the gospel. We need to be living it out. We need to be extending grace to one another. And when we mess up, and we do, all of us are imperfect, then say, I'm, I'm sorry, I messed up. I'm asking for forgiveness, just like with God. I'm asking for forgiveness. I hope you'll forgive me. And, and don't make excuses for it. Um, we got it's time to grow up and i've i've seen you know over and over again in my own family but in the community and where i've worked at times secular jobs that i've had over the years if you're just honest with people and straight up they're far more forgiving and 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 really open to what you have to say but if they see you as the biggest hypocrite always telling everybody else and pointing your bony finger at everybody else <laughs> And you do the same things or worse, and you don't, and then you rationalize it. You don't acknowledge it. They have no use for you. They have no time for you. Uh, but when the church has been the church at its best, when it walks humbly with God and towards others, and exercises love and faithfulness and kindness to God and to others, uh, faithfulness and then loving kindness and to others, that's winsome. The church wants to know what's going on with that. They want to be a part of that, but they. The hypocrisy and the shallowness and the legalism, that's not appealing to anybody. You know, Craig, even as I'm thinking about what you're saying about the transparency that we should have for one another, if people keep in mind, I mean, I love Galatians 6, how it deals with and how we should deal with one another's burdens. I mean, I've said it before on this broadcast, and I've said it throughout life. I I like to come up with uh, my own so-called easy deisms or cliches that I'm using that I'm trying to create my own from the word of God. Like I've had the expression for many, many years since coming to Christendom to saying that, listen, I've saw God deal with, you know, Joseph and all those guys with dreams and visions and all that type of stuff. So I just said, listen, if you have a dream and in your dream, I'm messing up, love me enough. Uh, take a chance for me to, for the lack of a better term, we from the South, that we will say some words at you for checking me. But please, if you have a dream about me, I've said this before, and I'm very sincere, and people have done it, whereby I'm messing up in the dream. Or is this a crazy thought came to your mind, or you see a movie and somebody reminds you of me in a movie or something that's played out. Love me enough to, you know, to, to come check me. Not that I'm doing anything wrong. It's just the idea that if you love me enough and that thought came to your mind, play it out from a biblical perspective, you know, and just at least for my life. And that, to me, I'm just saying I'm open to you by being part of the body of Christ. Because if I'm part of the body of Christ, how I move and how I carry on is going to somehow affect you in your life. Because people that may know me and may know you are going to connect the dots. And what better way other than just being open, transparent to one another, being being careful. I'm not just saying be no busybody, get in anybody's business. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about 
the Galatians 6 type bearing one another's burdens, the Galatians 6 type checking someone in the spirit of knowing that except by the grace of God, there go you. 888-995-5552 is the number, 888-995-5552. Everything else, believe it or not, is Bible Info Brokers. Facebook questions, email questions, tweet us questions, messenger us questions. But let's go back to the phone calls, PCH, and talk with dear friend Yolanda in West Hollywood. Yolanda, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hi. Hi, Hi can I be heard? Yes, you can. You hear loud and clear. Thank you. Okay, listen, um... You know, as a Christian, I am uh, wading through the scripture so that I can answer a question to a non-believer who may be a family member or a friend or what have you. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, it's my goal, as I think it is all of our goals, is to just be edified and really girded up in scripture so that we can you know, answer questions to people that are non-believers, say, for instance. So, um, would you agree that I understand the kingdom, when we use the term kingdom, that is referring to heaven? Am I am I right or wrong? Or First of all, that's the first thing I wanted to clarify. Craig, did you understand and the question? Goal, go ahead, go ahead. Yolanda. My goal, my goal is, you know, as a Christian is to be with God forever in the kingdom, and I, I was wondering, is the kingdom a, a metaphor for heaven? That's, that's one thing I wanted to clarify. Well, it does okay. definitely apply to heaven, but the kingdom of God really is the realm of God, so it's even the kingdom of God even on earth. It, it's, it's where... We live in light of God and in, in light of eternal truths. We live in, in light of uh, of the reality of God, and we, we acknowledge His rulership and His lordship. And so, okay. it definitely includes Yolanda. Definitely includes heaven. That's that's definitely right. Mm-hmm. But it even applies to earth. The kingdom of God is is the domain where God is honored, and we He is the sovereign, but where we we freely accept His sovereignty. And not that he needs our permission, but we allow him to rule in the sense of, here we go, I submit to the rule of God, and I want to see the rule of God extended, and and the true and spiritual worship of God. I would argue that's all would be contained in the, either the single word kingdom, or in this, because I know you're talking about God, or the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. okay, I understand mm-hmm. what you just said. So, okay. that being said, that being said, I just want to add on to that. Uh, recently, I just studied the book, book of First um, Peter, chapter 1, verse 4, which talks about, you know, that we as Christians, once you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we have an incorruptible undefiled inheritance in 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 heaven and mm-hmm. uh, so I wanted to you know which which kind of just uh, made me hoop and holler it was just very profound to me and I I understood that clearly so you know as as a Christian because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior which John 3.16 says that 
you know, the Lord loved us so much that, you know, whosoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting, you know, life, eternal life. So, you know, I'm looking at all these, these, the scriptures and just trying to understand them and clarifying, clarify them and, and, and just try to get a grasp of exactly what they're saying. And, um, so again, I understand what you meant about, you know, being in the realm of, of belief of God here on earth while we're living in this realm that we don't have to die to experience eternal life. I understand that concept, what you just said. But, however, I also want to um, state that when I die, this exists in this realm, that I don't have to experience the second death that, you know, I my goal is to go to heaven and spend it eternally with God in heaven. So, you know, mm-hmm. you see here I'm on the kind of vacillating, but I just, that's that's my comment I had to make tonight, and that's what I'm trying to wade through and, and just be trying to really understand so that I can explain it to a non-believer, you know, what, what what's the purpose of my, uh, you know, my faith and what, you know, be able to answer, give, a, give an answer yes. for why I believe what I believe and, and what have you, so. You know, if I can say something, no, about, I, go ahead, Greg. Love, love that. No, yes. that you're doing that. So, you know, to so go back and look at First Peter one, starting verse three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth, so being born again. You know, John chapter yeah. four, into a uh-huh. living hope. Right. This is a living hope. And by the way, the word "living" there is the word I mentioned earlier. It's a form of the word "zoe," which is spiritual life. Now, the word can also can refer to biological life, but many times and often refers to spiritual life, ultimate life. You know, you know we're alive physically, but, you know, we're going to get a renewed or resurrected body, but we are spiritually alive, so a living hope. And hope is a confident expectation. Now, peace, the Greek word, means this isn't just like, oh, I hope I'm going to get it. In other words, I'm not really sure, I'm not confident. This is, mm-hmm. no, I'm getting it, a living hope. What through the resurrection, through or because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, as Romans 4 tells us, that's the seal that God accepted the work of Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection for us, that he paid the penalty for our sins in full. So that's the seal of approval, if you will, uh, that we are accepted and that we can be confident, his resurrection from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. And so, yeah, so it's saying you've already received, uh, you know, part, the down payment, the seal uh, of your inheritance. But it'd be kind of like uh, someone's parents have passed or grandparents, and they set up a trust for them, and they said, when you turned 18 or 21 or whatever age, you're going to receive your inheritance. Well, when we die and we go to be with the Lord, and that you know, we're going to receive our our inheritance. We are co heirs with Christ, as we're told in Titus yeah. chapter three, about verse eight. So someday we're going to receive in full our inheritance. And 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 so I think yeah, you've hit on both points. Peter's emphasizing actually maybe two things here. Number one is mm-hmm. that 
uh, we can be confident of this. It's guaranteed, but also, and it can't be taken from us. I mean, you could have valuables, great artwork or other valuables, and they can be stolen even if they're at the bank, right? The bank can get robbed or whatever. It could, it could be, it, it, it could uh, be corrupted. It could be destroyed. Somebody, I've had friends whose whole house burnt down and the insurance didn't cover all of it. They, they lost all, the house and all kinds of stuff. But this mm-hmm. inheritance can never be corrupted. Yes. It can never no. be taken from you. You're confident yeah. you're going to get it, and it's not going to ever be stolen from you or otherwise destroyed. God's the one who's guarding it, and you can be confident, just as he delivered Christ for us and gave the seal of approval of Christ's resurrection from the dead, so you can be confident of your inheritance. Absolutely. Amen. You know what? I appreciate Amen. all that you're saying there, guys. Just one second. Go ahead, Yolanda. You said you used Zoe. Is that Z as in Z for O-E, Zoe? Oh, Zoe, yes. Zoe, yes. Zoe is, is bios, B-I-O-S, is like the word biology, is often biological life, that is physical life. Like, you know, we're alive physically, obviously, talking right now. But Zoe, more often than not, is spiritual life. It's referring to someone who's alive spiritually, because, of oh. course, the, the biblical view is you can be alive physically, but you, the people are dead spiritually. They need to be, that's why born again, born for the first time, spiritually speaking. So yes, Z-O-A-E, sorry, Z-O-E, like the name Zoe, uh, it means mm-hmm. it's spiritual life. Mm-hmm. You know, Lana, before you go, I'll, right. just, I'll share this with you very quick, Yolanda, when you were speaking, because you yeah. spoke, uh, I think, two or three times about when you share with your unbelieving people that come into your life, your friends or family or what have you. And, and, and that's, I think that's absolutely wonderful. And I'm just looking at Galatians 6 earlier. And at the end of, uh, well, Galatians 6.10 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. That includes, obviously, the unbeliever. And it says, especially to those who are in a household of faith. I know a lot of times when we deal with um, uh, other fellow Christians, we, well, I, th- I think sometimes we forget. Yeah, the focus is on the soul that's lost. Is get that soul saved? That's that's super wonderful. Don't, and please don't misunderstand me. But a lot of times, even when the people are dealing with the vicissitudes of life, who are in the body of Christ, don't ever want to forget them. Not saying that you do, but it's just the idea of the good that you're doing for everyone. And especially, I like that word, especially for those who are in our household of faith, because the more that we encourage each other the more that that encouragement will go off to other people who they know that you don't know. So keep doing what you're doing, sister. We appreciate your phone call. Amen. Thank you. Good night, gentlemen. Good night. 888 is the number. 888 We're going to get to your call in a second there. Keith and Jackie, hang on the line. Real quickly, Craig, I'm just going to give information where people can actually participate in giving. Even in Galatians 6, it talks about right there, let those who taught the Word share all good things with those who teaches it. So from the perspective that we're teaching the Word and giving people the Word of God from the, this particular format, it is nothing wrong. Matter of fact, it is biblical for folks to share with us, this ministry, those things that they may have. And based upon that, let me give the information on how they can do it. I know they're saying, dear, just get to it. Give me the address. I'm ready to write that check now. I'm ready to go right to the Internet. Well, let me bring it up so I'll give you the proper information. Here it is. Support and donate. Go to our page on Bible Info Brokers on the Internet, 
Bible Info Brokers. You can give by way of credit card, uh, PayPal, what have you. Here's OEZ's way to do it. If you have an account with the bank and you have an online presence, let them send the check out. Let them mail it out for you. You save that money on the stamp, the mail, and the time. Click a button. Make that uh, uh, whatever it is, recurring or monthly payment, daily, weekly, however you want to give, on your online present with the bank. If you don't have that online present with the bank and you're not going to establish it tomorrow to do what OEZ said, then go to our support and donate page on our website. One page clearly explains everything you need to do. And also there, uh, for those that don't have internet, you can also write the check out tonight to Living by the Word. Living by the Word, write the check out the Living by the Word, and then mail it to P.O. Box 90477 in Los Angeles, 90009. That's nine three zeros and a nine for the zip code, P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, 90009. Write that check, money order, and mail it out tomorrow. We really appreciate you in advance. We really, really, really thank you in advance. God bless you. Let's go back to the phone calls, PCH, and talk with Jackie in Los Angeles. Jackie, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hello. Hi. Um, my question, I know um, I was, I've been listening to what you guys were talking about, and I was just curious to know regarding what is a healthy way of evangelizing? Because I know, as you mentioned, um, we should be teachers right now. I am a Sunday school teacher, and I kind of took it more of a, like, I'm going to use my teaching as evangelism for the little children. But I know that we have to do a little bit more, or I just want to know what a healthy way is of communicating and evangelizing. Is that like a step, or do we just start talking to people, or I don't know. I just want to learn well, a healthy way. I'll say this before I turn over to PCH. I think the one, number one thing we need to do in life is to get familiar with people. Love them from one human being to the next. By loving them one human being to the next, I saw the way Jesus dealt with folks. He dealt with them right where they were. And if you can get into a person's life, that may take a little time to get right into a person's life. You don't have to, I don't think you have to worry too much about closing the deal or you got to get saved today when I talk to you today because we're not promised tomorrow. Yeah, we're not. All that is true. But I just simply ask you to prayerfully consider each individual as an individual and not give a cookie cutter type evangelistic uh, pass out the track and the five spiritual laws type thing. Uh, nothing wrong with that inherently, but I believe that the more personal way that you, the Lord give you time is a very, 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 um, for my healthy way, since you asked the word healthy, healthy way to do it because you're caring and loving the person. PCH. Sure, Jack. I really appreciate your question and, and your heart to share the gospel and and so I think it's good to review approaches and ways to do that, because many times Christians get so nervous and they're afraid they're going to say something silly or otherwise, and it's really often not the case that they're going to, but that it, they, they almost become frozen or paralyzed and they don't share at all. Uh, but, but but I do like what Daryl said. Uh, I, I have a number of overall approaches, but, but I always want to customize what I say to the given individual a child or otherwise. Uh, there, there was an author named Paul Little, gone on to be the Lord years ago. He wrote a couple, a number of books. One of them was Know What You Believe and, and Know Why You Believe was another one, but he also wrote a great book, fairly small, called How to Give Away Your Faith. How to Give Away Your Faith. And I just think that's a phenomenal book with suggestions and practical advice on how to share the gospel. But having said that, so again, I think Paul Little's book, How to Give Away Your Faith, is just really, really good. 
But it just, it really, it's just being comfortable. But I, yeah, as Daryl said, I like to observe people. I like to see what matters to them. And if I need to be, I ask them. I love to ask them questions. And uh, people's topic generally is them favorite topic is themselves. And so we just rightly exploit that in a, the best sense possible. And so we see what's important to them and what matters to them, and then relate the gospel to them in that way. So I really believe in praying, asking questions. God. How how would you talk? Have me talk to this person? What should I say or not say? Or what passages should I share? Directly quote them or paraphrase or otherwise? And you know where are they coming from? And and I, I've never seen the Lord fail. He'll give you wisdom, mm-hmm. and you just develop a naturalness with relating to people, seeing what's important, even kids. Know, different ages. So, well, obviously, there's different things that are important to people overall at various times of their lives, or more so than others. And just I key in on those things and find the opportunity how the gospel relates to that. And that's my my general advice. I have a on my website. Uh, I have a, a outline on uh, questioning the Great Commission. Now it's not it, it's the provocative title isn't to question whether we should be doing the Great Commission, but how to use questions like I believe Jesus did, like in John three and four, I think of the woman at the well, and he's asking her questions. He knows the answers, but he's doing that to get her to come out, if you will, and explain where she's what, how she's living, what she's doing, and I find it's just like a good doctor. A good doctor asks you a lot of questions. They don't just say, "Well, you need surgery," or "Here, here's some medication." It's like, "Well, you're not feeling well," or, or "You are." But do you have a pain? Oh, is this a sharp one or a dull one? Is it how long does it last? Is it in the morning or after you eat or exercise? Does your family have a history of this condition or a heart condition? Uh, so I think we can take a spiritual inventory of people now. Sometimes, you know, we meet people and it's going to be, it's one shot. I, I see them and I'm getting my tires rotated or my brakes changed or whatever, and I'm probably never going to see most of these people again, at least, you know, who are in, in at the same time. Whereas in a science school class, odds are you're going to see these kids multiple times. You develop a rapport with them. So I've had times where I had to earn the right to be heard. It took me years yeah. uh, before I had... Uh, Got the opportunity. I think of when I worked some commercial plumbing years ago, and man, these guys, you know, thought I was a Jesus freak and all these little cute little names and that stuff. But when, but when they got marital issues or other problems, I'm the one they came and talked yes. to because they showed care and concern for them and genuine interest. And so I've had people taking me years, and that, by the times I've had people just first time. And but I like what Daryl said. You know, don't look at it at a don't look at it is a referendum on you, a referendum on, on you or how you did it. Well, they didn't come to Christ. I'm not seeing any fruit. No, one waters, you know, one plant, yes. one waters, only God gives the increase. You plant the Word, you share the Gospel, relate to them, love on them, love on them, and share the Gospel, and you're going to see eternal fruit from these kids' lives, because to me there's just nothing more exciting. As somebody who years ago taught junior high, for example, I, I just think what a privilege that was to teach those kids mm. and see the fruit for the rest of their life that's going to come about because you care about them and you want them to know the Lord and you you want to know the best ways to share with them. God's, God's going to honor that. I hope you know that. Jackie, I'll say two words to you. Poise and preparation. Be poised and prepared for how God's going to use you in the exciting day to bring someone into his kingdom because all the heavenly hosts will rejoice over that one lost soul. 
What a privilege. Thank you, Jackie, okay, for your phone you. call. Thank you so much. God bless you, hon. Oh, our pleasure. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. PCH, man, I can't believe it. Now, first we were slow getting calls, but uh, now we only have like seven, eight minutes left on the broadcast. So let's take these calls and see if we can deal with the answer to the question. Let's deal with our buddy. I believe this is Keith from Pasadena. Keith, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I I just called up because uh, I thought you guys might be bored. But my, my <laughs> hey, what's it? Hold on, hold on for a second. Now we are. Now I'm just Rick, playing. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just messing uh, with you, brother. No, I've got an insignificant question about uh, what Paul says in First Corinthians 11. Let me get my glasses. Uh oh, glasses. Great. 14. <laughs> He says, he's talking about covering your head in length of hair, and it says, Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him? Can we imply from that that Jesus would not have had long hair? Like, well, I know he didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes, but, you know, he's always depicted with long hair. <laughs> let, let me speak on that who one doesn't have as long as hair is it depicted first I'll let Craig go to it I think I have more hair than Craig now even though I'm quite older than he is um, the issue I think the issue is in the, in the depiction the word depiction uh, one views it now then they you know just give their their depiction of it as far as that but as far as um, Jesus possibly having long hair Craig didn't, didn't I'm asking this question now Craig for and throw it to you was not Jesus a Nazarite? Did he not have like the, a Nazarene type vow that um, something they were supposed to do with the hair to be a little bit longer than um, whatever normal was back in that day? Well, no, there's no reason to believe he did. No, I mean Samson did, right? Samson for sure, did yeah. Nazarite vow. So, but yeah, there is some difficulty with this passage of what the actual meaning is. In fact, I have a friend who wrote a really good paper on this, uh, on the meaning of First Corinthians 11 specifically, and what does it mean? Nature sh- does not nature show us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but clearly, what we can get from this passage, and, and there is some ambiguity in the translation. And again, I have a friend who wrote it just a, to me a phenomenal paper on this. Uh, but at any rate, I would say that. You know, Paul's just saying, look, there needs to be a sign of authority. There needs to be clear. Now, in our culture today, this this was like, uh, from our, our secular worldly culture, this is laughable. And I'm, I'm not saying it's truly laughable, but because our culture t- totally mixes and matches in today and even says, you know, what do you mean by a male and female? You're talking, you know, a binary. Well, we're non-binary. Yeah, yeah. There's gender fluidity. Yeah. But, but in, in Paul's day, and I would argue the, the truth still for today is that men are to look like men and women are to look like women. And there is the idea of a, of being under authority and, and acting appropriately. And so, again, not women being doormats, uh, but there for, so, for example, this is why traditionally, though, let me just say this, use a clear example, men were not to wear hats, they shouldn't be wearing hats in church, because it's a sign of disrespect, whereas women early on did wear coverings, and we're not saying they have to today, it's 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 the, the symbol, or how, how uh, expressing submission to authority is expressed can vary from culture to culture, but it should be should be manifest, we should always give respect and honor to those whom it is due, and to dress appropriately, modestly and appropriately, both men and women. 
But a, but a distinct in being clearly made and be able to delineate, you should not be behind a person for the lack of a deterrent and can't tell if they are a male or a female. Unfortunately, like it is, and it's grown to be that way in my lifetime, it wasn't always that. I can stand behind you, can tell if you're the difference between a man and a woman way back in the day. Well, there's an old, there's an old lawyer joke. joke. It's, a, it's a logic joke. And I used to use it with glee, and now I can't use it anymore because people look at me like, what? But it, one of them was, you're showing the, the, the importance of logic, and it's an actual case. It was an actual uh, transcript of, of, of an actual court case where the, the attorney asked the person being examined on the stand, he asked them how many children they had, and they said three. And he said, were there any girls? And she said three. And then he goes, were there, um, were there any boys? And you're like, well, look, if you only have three kids and there's three, there's three girls and there's no boys. But now, today I can't say that because people look at me like, what? Wow. And, you know, because you can be, you know, transgender. Yeah. Um, but the biblical model is male and female, not male, female, and transgender or otherwise. Yeah. And with all due respect. And the idea is clearly, I think some go too far, like we, women can't wear pants. That's not the issue. Right. It's the the issue is is not trying to appear like the opposite sex. Now again, I I realize even saying that today that is so antiquated in our culture. They go like, man, well, I mean, what were you hanging out with the dinosaurs? Um, but I would argue it's not antiquated. It actually is the truth, and it's still applicable for today. Hey Keith, man, I'm gonna let you go because we got one more call, only three more minutes left. So brother, love okay. you. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Good hearing from you, Keith. Right. Thanks. Hey, let's take uh, Michael's call, uh, PCH. We have about two minutes left. Two minutes exactly. Michael, talk to us. What's your question, sir? Hello, hello. Okay, I'll be quick. First of all, I love you guys and everything, but I, I, as I like you at that core. I always visit with you guys there. And so, and I bought books from you guys, so I think your ministry is worth supporting and everything. So um, I'll try to be quick, as, as I said. Um, First of all, um, a question I don't think we'll get to, but maybe you could look at the article. It's, it's, um, I heard it on Eric Mataxi's show by um, Megan Basham. She wrote an article for Daily Wire says how um, govern, the government have used evangelical leaders to promote um, COVID propaganda. And if you talk about like Dr. Um, Collins, Francis Collins and, 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 and different leaders like that, like, you know, like, um, what's his name, purpose-driven guy, Rick, Rick Warren and so forth. And Dr. Collins promotes, turn out that he promotes experimentation on fetuses. And okay, also okay Michael, 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 let me do this, Michael. This is easy. Michael, this is easy. I have to put you on hold because we got to close the show out. This will be an excellent okay. question to start next week's show with. Give us a call back next week. And I promise you, if you call back right around 10 o'clock, we'll put you up first, my brother. So I'm going to let um, that let that, let that be the, what the word I have to say. You call back next week, we'll put you first. PCH. Well, take, actually, uh, I would have them hold on and actually give the article on that. Uh, that's <laughs> why I put them on hold to give it to Eric. Yeah. Eric. Eric, so like yeah. check it out in the meantime. Appreciate that. PCA's 15 Good seconds. To Good to hear from Michael, as always. Indeed. I just want to encourage non-believers to know the Lord, need to, need to find out what life's all about. And as believers, we need to live the life, not just legalist, not legalist, but lovingly, out of love and gratitude for God and to show people the truthfulness and sincerity of what we believe that really is true, and it transforms people from the inside out. Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy, dear always it is, Fulton says what Craig said. God bless you. The Lord will be back next week.